0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of debo The Royals are 30 games over 500 for the first time in 35 years. Let that soak in for a second. That's right, seventy-nine and forty-nine. I'm thirty-four years old, and I wasn't even born the last time this happened. I was born in December of eighty, and the Royals haven't been thirty games over five hundred since August of eighty. It's shocking, Daveo. Glad you are along for another edition of your dish. On Clubhouse Conversation, where Casey improves to that amazing 79 and 49. I just like saying that over and over again. Do you ever just like drive down the street and just repeat the Royals record out loud to yourself? I haven't either, but I might tomorrow. 79 and 49, and Tampa Bay drops to three and a half out of the wild card at 63 and 65 as Casey moves with a victory three to two behind tremendous pitching from Mr. Edson Volquez, Franklin Morales, Calvin Herrera, and Greg Holland tonight. And let's dig right into this game. It was a fun game tonight for the Royals. And we'll break down the next two at the end. But this game, we'll start with our player of the game. And once again, it's Kendris Morales. In recent days, he's been turning up a lot in this role. Kendris, a two-run replay-confirmed home run in the third inning off of Erasmo Ramirez. That would end up obviously being the difference in this game. We didn't know that at the time, so early on in this game. But it's Kendry's 15th round tripper of the year, and RBI's 88 and 89, as he is well on his way to 18 home runs and 100-plus RBIs. Another base hit, by the way, later for Kendry. she's just a little icing on the cake in this one. And between that and the two-out run-scoring single from Parlo Orlando in the second inning, that was literally all KC would need. Three runs, a, a two-out hit from Orlando, and a two-run shot from Morales and Ben Zobrist on base all night as always since he's come over to KC in his first game as an opponent in Tampa Bay since leaving how good has Ben Zobris been? We'll detail that in the upcoming days. We'll do a little segment on him alone. He has been amazing since the Royals picked him up and as we heard, by the way, if you didn't hear uh, before the game today, it's confirmed from Ned Yost that Ben Zobris will be playing second base the majority of the remainder of the season for the Royals as Omar Infante will be moved primarily to the bench once Alex Gordon gets activated. That should be on Tuesday when the Royals return home to face the Tigers. So uh, Zobris starting tonight at second. No Infante tonight. Probably see it. Omar once over the next two games and probably only six to eight times maybe in the month of September. Won't see a lot of Omar the rest of this way, but yes, he will be on the postseason roster, I'm sure. I was sending a tweet about that. It's either him or Christian Colone as your backup infielder because you're not taking Dusty Coleman or Orlando Calixte or if the Royals do happen to put Raul Mondesi on the 40 and call him up, which I'm still kind of doubting, but if that does happen, you're not taking him, obviously. So it's either Colone or Infante as your backup infielder in the postseason, and I'm pretty darn certain it will not be Colone. So Omar, of course, yes, will be on the postseason roster and still a guy you've got under contract for two more years. So let's not forget that. The Royals need at least one more year out of Omar Infante. You can't cut him two years left in his deal when it's guaranteed as a team like the Royals. They're going to have him out there for at least one more year. Unless they somehow throw him in a prospect trade and dump him this offseason. Unless, you know, maybe they trade him with a big prospect and say, yeah, we'll give you so-and-so, but you're taking his contract. That'd be about the only way that Omar goes before opening day in 2017. So the Royals offensively overall leave seven in this game. Two for eight with runners in scoring positions. So not great there, but they did draw four walks, which I like. A solid night overall for the offense. Nothing to write home about, but it was fine. The pitching, however, was a lot better than fine tonight. Combined nine innings of one earned run ball. Of course, there was two runs overall, but one of those was on the dropped uh, outfield fly ball by Paulo Orlando in the third inning. So overall, nine innings, one earned run for Royals pitchers tonight, scattering seven hits, eight Ks and two walks. So uh, pretty darn impressive. There was a hit batter by Franklin Morales. So 10 base runners in nine innings. So a whip pretty much of one tonight. 1.1 for the Royals. Volquez 12 and 7 now with a 327 ERA, six and two thirds, one earned run on six hits, five Ks and two walks. And Tampa might be whining after the game. Oh, you know, just what the Cardinals did 1985 and still do today. Oh, a blown call at first base. We should have had another run. Okay, that's fine, but A, you lost your challenge in the first inning on a stupid challenge, which was obvious. And B, the Royals did drop a fly ball that gave you another run. So I don't want to hear too much whining from Tampa. Franklin Morales bails Volquez out after hitting Brandon Geyer, like I mentioned a second ago in that seventh inning to get out of that. Morales, no big deal. Been nails all year. We detailed him the other night. Kelvin, Kelvin, sorry, I keep saying Kelvin. It's now Kelvin. We found out this year what he wants to be called. Kelvin Herrera retires three out of four with a K. And then, uh, to me, the other big takeaway tonight besides Morales and Zobris was grin Volquez was Greg Holland. One, two, three for Holland with two Ks and just seven Pitches. All seven pitches he threw were strikes, by the way. The fastball, there were two of them thrown, was at 92 miles an hour. So two of those seven were fastballs, both at 92. That's after yesterday we saw him go anywhere from 90 to 95, sitting 93, 94 yesterday, 90 to 95. So velocity really hasn't been an issue until... The last few days, I mean, it had been earlier in the year until like early to mid-July. But in the last month, he'd gotten his velocity back up to 94, 95 pretty consistently. But now, Greg didn't pitch again for five days. There was a stretch he didn't pitch for seven in there. He was hurt earlier in the year. So it's really kind of a confusing situation right now with Holland. I mean, you don't want to pitch him too much because his arm has been quote-unquote cranky, as Nedio said. And you've got a big lead. You're moving into September. Your bullpen's loaded. You, need, you really need Holland in the postseason. And then Holland, obviously, a, a, a pretty likely trade chip this offseason. So, a number of reasons you don't want to DL him. A number of reasons you don't want to. Uh, you you got to ride him for a number of reasons. I mean, he, he's your closer, too. He's gotten you there for so many years now. He's a stud for another reason. And, you know, the contracts, the trade possibilities, you know, st- steadying and solidifying the bullpen. So, but with that said, how do you do that? What's the best way? Do you back off Greg Holland? Because he's shown time and time again this year, when he's not pitching consistently, he's struggling. Now, obviously, you can't pitch him consistently if he's hurt, and if you're worried about him getting fatigued, or there's, or, or there's a lot more to the story we don't know about, you can't throw him all the time. So it's a real weird place to be at for the Royals, because you've got you know basically five weeks of the playoff start. Five and a half, whatever it is. Five and a half weeks. That's quite a bit of time for a guy who, if he's banged up a little bit with a cranky arm, you know, you almost want to just step back for a couple weeks, don't you, and then crank him back up in mid-September and just get him going consistently? I don't know. One thing's proven, though, that he needs to pitch consistently if he's healthy. So I would imagine the Royals probably, if he's healthy, will pitch him quite a bit in September, and if he's not, it's a good idea to back off for a week or two, especially once the rosters expand. So I don't have the answers for that. I'm just throwing some things out there to think about with Greg Hall because the Royals need him in October. At his top. So the next two games, Chris Medlin and Jake Odorizzi, an old Royal, ex-Royal. We know all about him. They throw Saturday at five ten Central Time. So an interesting start time. 6 o'clock local time in Tampa. 5 here. Uh, Chris Medlin, 2-0, a 3-1-0. Odorizzi, 6-6, a 3-0-2. Turning into a very good Major League pitcher as the Royals knew he would. Medlin of course you'll remember against Baltimore six innings a three run ball scattering five hits six K's no walks it was awesome in that game outside of that flat pitchy threw in the first inning to Adam Jones it was hit for the two run home run outside of that it was amazing in that game 69 pitches in six innings so a guy that, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he does as well because another guy that could really solidify the Royals' rotation in October and make that, or at the very least, become the next Brandon Finnegan in the middle innings of the postseason. Now, Rizzi, the Royals have rocked him. They faced him three times overall. Lifetime, he's 0-2 with a seven zero two against the Royals. Last year versus KC, 0-2 with a seven three six. So he had one outing back in 2013, two outings last year. Overall, 0-2 with a seven zero two against the Royals. Has been good, though, in the month of August this year. A 3-8-2 ERA in five outings, coming off six innings of two-run ball against Oakland. So, interesting matchup tomorrow. You've got to probably slightly like Tampa Bay, I would assume, in this matchup. And I'll go ahead and just call for a split the next two. We said two out of three coming in in a split. It seems likely the next two. Medlin and Rizzi tomorrow. Now, I-, I like the Royals quite a bit more on Sunday. I really do. So if the Royals find a way to get that win tomorrow, which of course they easily could, if they do, I really like him on Sunday. Although it'll be interesting to see what the lineup is, because you know Kane's getting a day off on this turf. Uh, you know is going to catch a game after not catching the day game after the night game yesterday. They're going to get him on the Sunday afternoon game, I would assume, unless they want to catch him tomorrow. Either one. And Fonte's gonna get a game out there. So just I'm just saying be, the will be lineup will be interesting in the next couple of days. So but I love the Royals on Sunday with Duffy against Nathan Carnes. Now Nathan Carnes, the former Texas Tech Red Raider, right hander is twenty seven years old, is seven and five with a three six nine. So three six nine, nice, right? But he's been getting rocked in recent days. His last outing, three innings, five runs against the twins. And a 5.25 ERA in the month of August for Carnes. So the Royals have a chance to hit him, I believe, on Sunday. And they did that back on July 9th when they faced him, by the way. Shelled him. Seven runs on nine hits and six innings of the K back on July 9th. So I really like the Royals against Carns And Duffy, we know what he is. Pretty darn good since coming off the DL and kicking off back in Seattle when he came off the DL. But two bad outings in that time since then. His last outing was pretty good. Five and two-thirds against Baltimore with two runs on five hits, five Ks, two walks. it will be his first appearance and first start of the year against the Rays. So I'll let the Royals to split the next two. I really like them on Sunday. So if they find a way to get that win tomorrow, it's looking really, really good. We'll have it for you again though, tomorrow on Clubhouse Conversation. Until then, have a great night. Please enjoy the interviews here on the site. Tons of them. And tell a friend at Royals Clubhouse, Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook, clubhouseconversation.com. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow.